Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, rock and rollers? This is John Drake from the Dust Coder. I'm sitting here having a good old chat with Jay Scott from the Hooks podcast. I hope you're out there discovering new rock and roll, getting back to the old stuff and living your life and living free. Take it easy. Hey, what's going on, everyone? How's everybody doing? Hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone is enjoying their summer. It is hot all over. I know the western part of the country has got some extreme heat. Here in the Midwest, we're like in the mid-90s. It's standstill. You're going to sweat heat. And, uh, of course, the East Coast has got their summer going, too, as well. But uh, hopefully we continue to move forward. I know there is a concern out there with the variant strain and the numbers that keep increasing. So hopefully we are able to get a handle on this sooner or later so it doesn't affect live shows and doing what we want to do and you know having the summer we all want to have. The last thing we want to do is go backwards and let's continue to be positive and keep our fingers crossed that that is not the case that we keep moving forward. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, as I mentioned before, every show. You can check us out along with other fellow podcasters, Shout Out Loudcast, Carmen Apice and Vinny Apice, the Hanging and Banging Podcast, Mistress Carrie, Cobras and Fire, and the rock historian Martin Popoff. You can catch all the old and the new Hook Rocks episodes wherever you podcast on any platform, Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, you name it, we're there. 
Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Hope to see some of you at Rock and Pod in a couple weeks down in Nashville. Looking forward to getting down there and rubbing elbows with some of the people that I've met online and on different social media platforms. So that should be a blast. And write us a review when you do listen. Always like to hear your feedback and always like to hear your thoughts on the show so we can be better for you, the listener, and continue to bring you great content, great music commentary, and great interviews with legacy artists and new bands and new artists like we have today. I'd like to welcome in John Parsons, and he is an artist that has new material coming out, new music coming out. We're going to learn a lot about him today. The new song, the debut song, or I think it's a, uh, a debut song. We'll, we'll find out more. Transmute is uh, absolutely incredible. So I'd like to welcome in John to the Hook Rocks podcast. What's going on? Hey, uh, just having a good time this weekend and uh, happy to be here on the show with you. Yeah, man. Thanks for doing this. As I mentioned before we got on, Looking forward to getting to know more about you and your music and where things are headed. Uh, as we always do before we ask and we start to get into our conversation, we always start the same way every time we have a first-time guest on the podcast, and that is the presence or the essence, I should say, not the presence, the essence <laughs> of the show. And that is just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in. Every rock band has a moment, whether it's an album, a band, a performance, or a song that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you? Wow. Well, uh, that was a long time ago. Um, I think my first experience with hard uh, rock was probably uh, when I was in first grade. A friend of mine, uh, we were about to go to the park to play, and he, he kind of snuck and stole his older brother's boombox, you know, and we went to the park with this boombox to listen to, and there was a cassette tape in there, and we didn't know what it was, but it, you know, it was music, so we pressed play, and uh, the opening riff to Dr. Feelgood by uh, Motley Crue came blaring out of the, uh, the speakers, and that, I had never heard anything like that in my life, and it just changed me forever, and I knew at that moment, that's that's what I want to do is make hard rock just like that. So that is a killer riff. I still remember when that was released. Oh gosh. Um, I want to say <laughs> I was in freshman year of high school or sophomore year of high school and watching and hearing that song and the world premiere video. It's such an impact on me too. Cause it was just a down and dirty riff that really hooks you immediately. Um, with, with the song. Yeah. Absolutely. The guitar is just, yeah, that opening riff, that guitar riff is like, it's just so monstrous and just heavy and just punchy. And yeah, it's, to, to this day, I still think it's one of the best guitar tones I've ever heard. So pretty cool. Where did it go from there? You know, Dr. Feelgood, Motley <laughs> Crue, what was your journey like? When it did, where did it go? Um, I mean, from there, I just, you know, kind of explored things and, uh, my mother was really influential in, in, as far as, you know, introducing me to different things. I mean, I grew up listening to Dire Straits and Eric Clapton and the Eagles and stuff like that, classic rock stuff. Um, and then as I got older, um, I started getting into heavier stuff and, you know, uh, some of the alternative rock like Nirvana and things like that and some of the you know, heavier stuff, Pantera, Slayer, Metallica, Megadeth, Morbid Angel, DSI, you know, 
on and on and on and just, you know, just progressed from there. Just, um, but I've, I've always had a real eclectic kind of, you know, taste for music. So, I mean, I'll listen to Beethoven and Miles Davis and T-Rex, Bowie, Slayer. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of all over the place. So, yeah. Where did uh, the creativity come from? You know, where, when did it become, I wanted to make music for the rest of my life? I don't, you know, I, I can't remember the exact moment, but I've just, I've known it my whole life. I mean, my, my father was a, was a musician. He was a very creative guy. He was a, a screenwriter and an artist. And uh, my mother played violin. Um, so music was always around, but I think, you know, my, my father passed away when I was four. So that really hit me hard. And, and I think my way of maintaining sort of a relationship with him, even though he was gone, was by picking up the guitar. So I remember picking it up really young and I couldn't quite play it yet. But like about a couple of years later, I started taking lessons. I think I was around seven or eight. And, uh, you know, I just never put it down. I mean, it just, it was, it just, it's like, uh, you know, it's like when you find your, your thing, you know what I mean? It just felt right. And it was a way for me to express some of the, you know, feelings I was having in, in a way that felt right. And yeah, man, I just, it absorbed me. It was just everything to me. And it still is to this day. So, What about the guitar? Who were some of your influences? Um, I mean, it's, it's all over the map, I guess. Uh, Eric Johnson is a, one of my favorite guitar players. Um, Mark Knopfler, uh, Kurt Cobain, Dimebag Daryl, um, even John Prashante from the Chili Peppers. Um, I mean, it's so many, there's so many influences, but I had James Hetfield, uh, Dave Mustaine, absolutely Dave Mustaine, um, Eddie Van Halen, you know what I mean? There's just, it's, there's tons and tons. Like I, I, I just absorb as much as I possibly can, you know? What was it like, you know, when you first performed music live for you? Um, I think our first, my first real live performance, I was 10 years old. And uh, it was a band that we started with some friends. And uh, I remember we, you know, we played for like out in the front yard. You know what I mean? So, but it was, ne- it was never, uh, it, it didn't really like, it just felt right. You know, it didn't feel like this really odd thing or, um, you know, and it kind of progressed from there. And then we used to play shows, uh, at the, my, my, my original bass player, uh, his house was at the end of the cul-de-sac. So when we were like little kids, we would just open up the garage door and just invite everybody over. We used to do a Halloween thing every year and, um, play shows. And, um, that was really cool. And I mean, I never, I never really thought about it. You know, it just seemed like that's what you do, right? You're in a band and then you play shows and um i mean i used to get really nervous for like the first like the first two songs was really hard to kind of make eye contact and i still to this day like sometimes i'll wear a hat you know like a brim like a baseball cap kind of to kind of hide my eyes a little bit for the first couple songs or i'll find some sort of something to focus my attention on like maybe in the back of the room i'll stare at the wall the back behind everybody you know uh but yeah man when you look back at the creative process and how you've come to present day and your journey has brought you 
you know, here with the music that you're making now, how did that evolve over time? Oh, like the songwriting process. Yes. The creative um, process, songwriting process, all that. Okay. Well, you know, I've, I've been through quite a bit in my life, a lot of trauma. Um, I had a very tough childhood. Um, and I think, you know, I, as when I was young, music was a way for me to process things that I didn't really know how to process. Right. So it was, it was a tool for me to express things. Um, and kind of, you know, work, work that stuff out. Um, and then as I kind of became older, I started kind of being a little bit more aware of, of that. And then realizing like, you know, I kind of need to be in an emotional state in order to write. You know what I mean? So that kind of, I was kind of, it was weird. It was weird where I realized like, you know, I'm, I'm really only writing when I'm upset or I'm hurt or I'm angry or, you know, some sort of emotional situation. So I think that's probably because when I was a kid, that's sort of how I trained myself in a way. So, um, I think my earlier, like my twenties or something, I started kind of pushing myself to write, you know, from other places. Um, it's difficult. Like I still to this day, I can't, I can't seem to write a happy song. You know what I mean? Uh, they're not, they're not always like super depressing, but they're, they're always, there's, there's a darkness about it. You know what I mean? And I know my mother, she's, she's always, she's always saying, why don't you, how come you can't write a happy song? You know, it's kind of funny, but you know, I just, it just doesn't feel right when I'm doing that. It just feels like just silly, you know? And, uh, but, yeah, and through the years, I've, I've you know, been been uh, recorded like seven full length albums, um, EPs, and tons of singles. And um, I think uh, currently, you know, with the project, my solo project, the Immerser, um, the track Transmute was kind of a a big change for me because I brought in a producer um, and got to work with with an amazing producer. His name is Kane Churko, and uh, you know, that was really new for me. I'd always been very kind of closed about, you know, um, and controlling about how things should sound and, and it's my music and I don't really want anybody messing with it and stuff. But um, this was a challenge for me, but I really enjoyed the outcome. I, I really, you know, it was, it was, I wanted something different. So, um, you know, I took a leap of faith and I think it turned out really well. And it's good having an outside sort of perspective on things to kind of push you in different directions you normally wouldn't go in. and. So I'd say at this point, um, you know, I'm more open than I've ever been. You know, I, I, I'm capable of playing all, all different styles of music. Um, and I just, I'm kind of more so with a Mercer, um, kind of jumping around a little bit. Like some of the, the stuff I've released before Transmute, you can kind of hear there's some different influences in there. There's some instrumentals. There's kind of a, there's a surf song. There's some kind of Martin Offler sort of stuff. Um, and then there's, you know, kind of the hard rock grunge stuff. And then there's Transmute, which is kind of a little different from all that. So that's kind of how, how I progress. You know, when you're creating music and you're writing music and you do go to those dark places and you do, you know, define your music, you know, in the shadows of those moments of, of your life and you're, and you're drawing from that and kind of your brain's kind of trained to go in that direction. Uh, when you do create, is it is it like therapy for you? Is it getting things out? Is it a perspective that you need to share? What is that like for you? 
it's it is very much like therapy it's kind of um you know it's it's not like i sit down and i'm like okay i'm gonna write this song about this and you know it's more of a sort of like a feeling you know it's like it's like i become like a conduit almost like this is coming so i better capture it and you know going through the whole process of the lyrics and the the melodies and all of that energy um coming out and then recording it um i think you know what really happens is once 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 i've done once i'm done and i've recorded it and it's good to go listening back to it it's almost like you're you're letting something go right you you you're sort of yeah you're just letting go of whatever that story is whatever that thing was that you were um hurt by or or angry about or whatever it is so it totally is like therapy it's you know it's like uh yeah, it's just getting it out of you. It's like giving birth in a way too, right? You're like, you're taking something and you're bringing it into this world. You know, it's just kind of a weird, weird thing when you really think about it. You know, you're, you're just, you're basically just manipulating vibration. So it's kind of a strange thing to think about because that's all music is, right? Um, but yeah, man. So that's, that's kind of what it is for me. It's definitely a therapy for me, for sure. How does this project differ from music that you've made before? Um, well, I, I, like I said, I've been in, I've been in bands my whole life. Um, you know, I think when I was really young, it was just kind of learning what that means. You know, what does it mean to be in a band? What does it mean to, to write and kind of find your, your way? Um, and I think there was, you know, my, when I was a teenager, a lot of the stuff I was writing was super angry and super aggressive. So I would say that this, this is definitely, to me, it's more mature. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I've grown as a musician. Um, I'm not afraid to kind of bring in different genres of music or explore different instrumentation. Um, and lyrically too, it's just, it's a little bit more direct. Um, it's not as, um, I, it's not as veiled, you know, there's a, it's a little bit more direct. Um, and I'm just more confident as a songwriter. You know what I mean? Like, after doing this for three decades, I kind of, I know the drill and I feel confident and, you know, and it's also a matter of like, I don't really worry so much anymore about what other people think. Right. Like I used to worry a lot, you know, when I was in bands and, you know, are people going to like my music? But, you know, I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I just kind of do what I want. And, um, you know, so I, I just feel like it's, I'm more, yeah, I'm just more focused and, and just more relaxed about it. So, um, but it's still, you know, it's still, still hard rock. It's still got me in it. So it's gonna, always going to have those elements of, of what I sound like or how I write. But, you know, I, I like the direction it's going in a lot. So. When you think of the vulnerability of creating and bringing someone in to interpret your music and produce it, what was that process like for you? How was that? How did, how did you overcome those things? Um, I think I just, I went, you know, I really had sort of a, sort of an awakening where I realized like, you know what, like I, I'm, I'm kind of running around in circles here, you know, like I need to try something different. You know what I mean? Like I really wanted to just open myself up to different ideas. Um, so I kind of did a little bit of self-talk, you know, and a little work on my own self before I even um, approached the idea, before I even 
reached out to um, Kane or, you know, to a producer, I was already in the place where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to sort of let go of control. You know what I mean? Um, and it was cool. I didn't, you know, it was, it was difficult at first, but it was not as difficult as I thought. It, I think a lot of it too has to do with the person you're working with. Right. Like the person I worked with, uh, Kane, he was amazingly creative, super awesome, totally open. Wasn't, you know, wasn't a jerk or anything, you know, I think that it, it really matters who you're working with too, right? Like if I had been through that process with anybody else, I don't know that I would have enjoyed it as much or been, been as open as I was. And I really trust his work and his, his opinion. You know, he's, he's worked on some of, uh, some of my favorite stuff and some of the best stuff that's out right now. So I'm, I'm blessed and, you know, really happy I had that experience. So. It is. It's an interesting experience. And you mentioned, you know, it being difficult, but it's got to be difficult to, you know, to let go of that control and then to put your trust in someone. I mean, that really is what's the most important is you're trusting someone else to interpret the music, not so much how you envision it, but to make sure that the person's vision who's producing it is aligned with with yours or you're comfortable with that. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that, like I said, it's gotta be the right person. Um, you know, and somebody who's willing to listen to your vision to be, um, work. It's, it's almost like they're taking your vision and making it clearer. You know, that's kind of how I, how I felt. It was like, I brought, you know, my ideas and I brought the song and I brought things to the table and then that other party is able to sort of take those pieces and put them together in a, in a way that that's makes your what you're trying to do more potent. So for me, it was just it was awesome. Like I, you know, I really really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, man, if any, you know, don't be afraid. <laughs> it's a good thing, you know. Yeah, I mean that is you know the, the most important thing, right? Is is to overcome that anxiety to right. you know, be in that comfort zone that you need to be in to, to make music when you're making this music, when was this, when was this created? When did this be, when, when did you record this album? Um, I recorded this single in God, what was it like? Like, uh, it was probably six, six or seven months ago. Okay. Um, we actually went to the studio and, um, laid everything down and, uh, it was actually a really quick process too. I mean, like I, you know, I have, I have a lot of experience uh, working in the studio and I used to, we, re I recorded a bunch of stuff, uh, at Hyde street studios in San Francisco, which is a really cool old famous studio. And I, I, I know what it's like to pay, you know, ridiculous rates and stuff like that. So my work ethic is pretty good. Um, and I already had, you know, 90% of the puzzle uh, brought to the table. So, you know, I think that just, you know, it, was, it wasn't too long of a process. It was pretty quick. I think we knocked it out in about three days. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was awesome though. I mean, I, lo I loved everything about it. And uh, the studio that, that uh, I worked in, with uh, Kane was is called the Hideout, 
and it's in Las Vegas and it's, it's an amazing studio. It's beautiful. Um, and it's really clean and organized. It's the cleanest, <laughs> like cleanest studio I've ever been in in my life. So it's pretty, pretty impressed. And, uh, if any, if there's any artists out there looking for a, a just an amazing space to record or, um, or people to work with, I would highly recommend the hideout in Las Vegas. So. When you're making music during a pandemic, how much different is that with your perspective, with what you're trying to accomplish, with what you're trying to convey with the song? Um, I don't know that it really changed too much for me as far as songwriting, because I kind of write from that state anyways, the state of emergency or a state of panic or a state of trying to get a message across. So it didn't really change too much um, as far as the urgency of what I write about or how, you know, the feelings behind it. Um, I think that I tend to kind of channel what's going on around me and the feelings that are going on around me. So actually during the pandemic, uh, before I even worked on Transmute, um, I released an EP um, on my own called uh, Prepare for the Fall. And so that kind of touches on a little bit of that because it felt like, God, the sky is falling, you know, <laughs> like it's the end of the world. Um, and some of the songs on that EP sort of deal with that. So, you know, maybe some of some of that, but I don't, yeah, I don't think it affected me as much as it, you know, maybe others just because I've always kind of felt, you know, sort of a undercurrent of, you know, that something's wrong with our world anyway. Right. So I've, I've, it doesn't really change. I think it just sort of amplified the things that were already there for us to see or for those to see that weren't really aware of it. Like it kind of brought some issues to the doorstep of people that normally wouldn't be faced with that stuff. And uh, I think it's ultimately, you know, as sad as it is and as, as horrible as it is and, um, you know, it's never good when people are sick, but I do think that it, it kind of may have hopefully woken some people up to the, to like certain um, things within our society that are, that are broken and that need to be fixed. So. Isn't that really, you know, the essence you talked about your creativity and how you do go to those dark places and you do, you know, have that point of view, but you know, with a sense of optimism that you just shared, isn't that really kind of the, you know, what your music is really about is, you know, through darkness, there is light. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I, that's the whole point of, of this for me is that because, you know, music for me has always been a tool of, you know, transmutation, right? It's a tool of change. It's uh, um, and you can, you can reach people, and it's like there's there's nothing more profound than when you hear a song that hits you in a way that you know it it, it taps into something in you, and that that song becomes a part of you. You know what I mean? It can it can change your entire world. Any any art form can do that. It could be a painting or a book or a movie. Um, so I feel like the arts are like super important. Um, yeah, they're always, always transformational. If it's good, it should be transformational. Like I always feel like, you know, good art is art that leaves you with something. It might not always be 
something good, but if it leaves you with something or has some sort of impact on you, then the artist is doing their job. Right. Um, and yeah, totally. Like you can't, you can't fix something if you're not willing to look at it or willing to play with it or, you know what I mean? Like work with it. So, you know, I would, I would say that, you know, a lot of times the stuff I write is, is dark and it is kind of some deep psychological stuff, but you know, if that doesn't get brought out to the surface, then it's never going to, never going to change. And I feel like it's also important that, you know, a lot of people that listen to a kind of dark music tend to be more sensitive. People tend to have been through some traumatic stuff and, you know, if somebody listens to, to something I've written and they feel less alone, then that's ultimately like the best thing I could possibly do for the world. You know what I mean? Is, is help other people in my own way. And I always like to say that like the inspiration for me is to inspire others. Right. Well, what was, you know, the inspiration and motivation for Transmute? I mean, where did all that come from within you? Um, I feel like I kind of, the song trans, so Transmute is an alchemical term. Um, it, it means change. You're taking something of lesser value and making it more valuable. Or you're turning lead into gold, so to speak. But, um, you know, it's also psychological right like we've been talking about like to transmute your own thinking you know to, to turn something from a negative into a positive or to remove impurities for something so that it can evolve to its highest state and that can happen within like you know other people relationships um situations you can you can transmute so many aspects of your life and reality and what happens is you something that you know like an experience or a painful traumatic experience or, or whatever it is you know you can find a lesson if you can find the lesson within the hurt or the painful experience you can learn from it and you, it becomes a stepping stone as opposed to something that's holding you back you know what i mean um so transmute is essentially about that it's about not giving up you know, learning from your past, learning from your mistakes and, and basically spreading that light to others. And there's also a lot of esotericism kind of weaved in through it and some occult references and things like that because of the alchemical, you know, symbolism, uh, within the song. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's basically what it's about, man. That's where it comes from. Is just, I just felt like it was important to, have some sort of esoteric anthem out there, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've always believed that you, you learn from failure and you grow from success. Right. And you know, when you're, when you hearing you talk about this and you, you know, turning, you know, lead into gold, I mean, it's the same thing with failure, right? You turn failure into success. I mean, it's, it's that, you know, it's that evolution of learning and evolution of, why you failed and correcting it and, and, you know, getting back on the road that you want to get on. So it's a very, um, you know, it's a very interesting approach to a song an interesting vibe to a song that you've managed to create. Yeah. It's, 
it's pretty cool. I'm pretty excited about it. Like, I, I think it's, um, I think all of the energy that went into it and all of the people involved in it and all of the intention behind it is very good. And, um, I think that it, it's, you know, it's, it's like capturing, you know, when you capture lightning in a bottle, right? It's like the right time, the right people involved, uh, it's just the right thing. And I, you know, I really feel like it's, it's, it, 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 it did that, you know, it captures that it really does. And I think it's a song that, you know, can be whatever it needs to be for whomever hears it. You know what I mean? Like people are going to get different things from it. Um, and that's the whole point of it. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the whole point. Cause you know, we don't always get to get to choose, you know, what impacts us. Right. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, and also too with with this music, was it always just the intention to just record the one song? Was there other music recorded during the session? Uh, not during this session. This was this was solely one one song, kind of. You know, for me, it was a lot about just kind of feeling it out. What was what's this experience like? Um, what is it like to to work with a producer? Um, you know, and it was it was, a, it was just a huge learning experience. Um, so there was, yeah, there was no intention of recording multiple songs at that point. I mean, I have more material and, um, you know, I'm looking forward to working with Kane again and, uh, you know, and, and so it's not the end of, end of this. It's just the beginning, but it was kind of like, let's see if this works. Let's see how this comes out. And I think that, um, I think it came out really great. And I think that we, we work together very well. So. Is there, is this it for like the Immerser project or other projects will you do will have a different moniker, will have a different, you know, feel or title to it? No, I think I'm going to be sticking with Immerser for a while. Um, I, I just feel like as a, it's, it's, for me, it, it's, it just encapsulates everything I want to, to be and do as a solo artist. Um, I don't have the constraints of, of being in a band where, you know, it's all on my terms pretty much. So that's really cool. And I feel like I'm at a, a point in my life where, um, it just makes sense for me and, and what I'm trying to do with my music as well. Like it, it, it just feels right. And, um, you know, you know, who knows, right. As a musician and an artist throughout the years, you always, whatever you're working on is, is the most important thing to you, but that can change over time. I mean, you, you become, things change, other opportunities happen and, you kind of rebuild yourself or you um, might find a different path. But right now this is definitely the path that I'm on. And um, yeah, Immerser to me is like, this is, this is the, uh, this is it right now. So I'm, I'm really happy about it. Will you continue with the, the envision that allowed you to create transmuter Will each Immerser song have its own, vibe to it its own meaning behind it or will you try to connect things with it um i think that i mean i, I i'm i don't know like i'm kind of a, i'm kind of all over the place but i do feel like um i really enjoy the direction of of transmute i enjoy the message um and i think there's more to it i think there's other aspects um of things that um that I have experience with 
that I think would be really cool to tap into lyrically and musically um, that haven't been done yet. And so those are kind of in the works. Um, and stylistically, like I, like I said, I'm really open. So and I think I'm always going to, going to have the hard rock kind of stuff. Cause that's kind of, that's my soul. Like it just feels right. But um, it's going to be really cool. Like some stuff that, uh, you know, I've got kind of, uh, in my back pocket, so to speak, um, I think is really cool, really different, and I'm excited about it. So I just want it to be presented in a in a proper way. So when that opportunity arises, I'm definitely going to take it. Sure, sure. I mean, it also allows you to kind of not to say categorize, but I'm going to say categorize. But it kind of kind of categorizes like a different emotion of your music, and allows mm-hmm. you kind of to explore things outside of other entities outside of other projects that you're working on right does that absolutely yeah does is that really what you're trying to accomplish is trying to identify things that are you know within immersive versus other projects that you're working on um not really i mean like all of the projects that i've done all of the stuff i've done throughout my life is always like i've always been the, the main songwriter for every band i've been in and everything i've ever done and uh so, you know, whatever I'm doing is, is the main focus. You know what I mean? I don't tend to jump around a lot. Um, if I'm, if I'm doing a project, that's where my intention is. Like I'm putting everything I have and focusing all of my creativity into that, that thing. Um, so, I mean, you know, Immerser is, is the catalyst for that right now. I mean, I, maybe at some point I'll join a band again or, you know, play live and stuff, but, you know, I mean, I, I have other musical outlets, um, going on, but like I said, there's none of them are more important than the other, you know, but Immerser is, I'm really, I'm really digging this right now. So I'm having fun with just kind of doing this on my own. Well, when you are, you know, creating this and you're doing it on your own, you know, versus other projects that you're doing, it gives you control into, in terms of, what your vision is, right? Obviously you've got to hook up with a producer like you did and, and put that down and, and lay the tracks down and produce it. But this is your vision, right? I didn't, I had an interesting right. conversation with Nick Perry when he was doing the underground thieves debut album. Right. And, you know, he said for the first time I felt free, I felt free that what I wanted to do and the creation that I wanted or, you know, to create what I wanted was all mine. And I didn't have to, you know, compromise that with anyone else in a band or in a project. It was just me. Is that the similar feeling that you have? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's similar to that. Um, you know, it's, 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 it is very liberating and, and you don't, you know, it's a quicker process too. Um, you know, cause you can spend as much time or as little time as you want on it. Cause you're performing all the parts, right. Or at least I am, I don't know. Of all solo artists do that, but I do. Um, but it, you know, like I said, for me, it might be a little different because, you know, all of the bands that I've been in, I've been the main songwriter anyway. So usually what I'll do is bring the finished product to the table and then everybody sort of adds their character to it, right? Like the drummer is going to change a little bit of the drums. The bass player is going to kind of do their thing. And, and um, But ultimately, the foundation of every song that I've ever written or every band I've ever been in 
started with me anyway. So it's not that big of a transition for me to, to just do it all anyway. You know, like it's, it's more, it feels like there's less in the way of me expressing myself to my full potential. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's not, it's not this huge total change for me because it's not really that much different from, you know, what I've experienced before. <clears throat> What's next for you in terms of music? Um, same, you know, I'm just working on immersive stuff. I'm, I'm working on new songs, um, putting demos together, um, you know, and writing and I'm, so musically, that's kind of where I'm where I'm going. Just like to keep releasing stuff uh, through through the Immerser vehicle. Um, I'm also updating my home studio right now. I'm kind of updating some elements of it so that it, you know I'm able to create some of the stuff that I want to create and put and it'll sound a little more relevant and sound up to date. You know what I mean? Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now musically. Well, John, looking forward to hearing more from this. This is such a great introduction to this project. Transmute is such a, a very interesting song. It's a journey. It's not just a song. It's a journey. And I'd like to thank you for coming on and talking about it. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk. And this has been a great interview. Like you're, You really touched on some things that I think are really important. And, and uh, this was really fun, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, John, anytime you want to come back on, you're more than welcome. <laughs> I'll hold you to that. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's John Logan Parsons the third. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Stay strong, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will talk again soon. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.